to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. I'm going to talk to you very briefly, or so I think, about providence. Now, we were worshiping. How many of you could sense his presence strong as we worshiped? Now, his presence is not just for feeling good. You know, in the Old Testament, the reason they feared the Israelites was because they were like, these guys move with the presence of God. So I want to talk to you about providence. In the Old Testament, they built a tabernacle. And basically, the tabernacle was there to host the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was really the Ark of his presence. Okay? And we find something interesting about Jesus because there's a strong comparison between the tabernacle which had the ark of his presence and Jesus our Lord. Look at John 1 verse 14. It says from the Amplified Classic, and the word Christ became flesh, human incarnate, and tabernacled, fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us, and we actually saw his glory, which is his honor, his majesty, such glory as an only begotten son receives from his father, full of grace, favor, loving kindness, and truth. So when Jesus was on earth and he was walking, he was literally the tabernacle of God walking. Jesus was the presence of God in the flesh. Jesus was the ultimate reflection of the glory of God. He's the glory of God in the flesh. Now, I want you just to see something about what happens when you have the presence of God. In the Old Testament, there is a man named Obedidom. In case you're looking for a name for your child. <laughs> now, there was a man named Obedidom. And I just want you to get the context before we read the verse. We're going to read 2 Samuel 6.11. So the context is, do you remember how in the last days of King Saul, the Philistines managed to get the Ark of the Presence. They got the Ark of the Covenant from Israel. When Samuel heard that, Samuel was like, Ish, this is sad. Was it in Saul or was it in Eli? It should have been Samuel. Yeah. 
either Samuel or Eli. I'm trying to remember. One of the two. Now, the ark of the presence was gotten from them. And when the ark of the presence was gotten, the Philistines began to keep the ark. And when they began to keep the ark, they put the ark in their own temple where they had a statue of a god who looked like a carpenter. His name was Dagon. He looked like a fish. And then that god started being hammered by the ark of the presence. And then the presence of God became terrible to the Philistines. They started getting boils. They started getting all sorts of things because of the presence. So they didn't want the presence of God. So what they did is that they sent the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, back on cattle. And the cattle somehow went all the way back to the Philistines. Sorry, to the Israelites. Now, when there was a procession to receive the Ark of the Covenant, do you remember a guy called Uzzah? Uzzah wasn't a priest. And only priests were allowed to touch the Ark of the Covenant. And the way the kingdom of God works, there are rules. There are some rules which are not about whether you mean well. So Uzzah meant well and he tried to help the Ark of the Covenant. And when that happened, God struck him and he died. God struck him and he died. And so because of that, they now didn't, no one wanted the Ark of the Covenant. So what they did is that they now left the Ark of the Covenant in the house of a man called Obed Edom. Everybody say Obed Edom. Say it again. Obed Edom. Praise God. Now let's have the verse and let's see what happens. 2 Samuel 6 verse 11. The Bible says, The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed Edom the Gittite three months. Somebody say three months. Three months. How many months? Three months? How many days? 90 or so, right? 90, 92, 93. How many months, guys? Three. And then what happened? The Lord blessed Obedidom and all his household. All of them. Verse 12. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obedidom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. I want you to think about this for a moment. What manner of blessing is this that a king can admire how you've been blessed? This is the king. The king owns the entire land. Now, what manner of blessing is this that in three months it was evident? It, the blessing wasn't just in the heart. It wasn't just for feeling good. In three months it was evident that God had blessed Obedidom. And for Obedidom, the ark of the presence was just in his house, not even in his body. How much more if your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit? Ladies and gentlemen, today I'm talking about providence. Providence. It's a word God gave me for us today. Now, providence, the word providence, it's different from the word provision. Providence simply means I think I got I, I read through different definitions and this is the one I was able to conjure up the manner in which God orchestrates the care provision and protection of his beloved so it's like how God puts one plus two plus three together to ensure that his beloved 
have their provision, his beloved have their care, and his beloved have their protection. And the blessing that God has asked me to release today is the blessing of providence. Even the testimonies you've heard, can you see the providence? Are you seeing how God just orchestrated events to ensure that there is providence? Um, there was a time when I was invited for a meeting in Chingola. And the meeting was about a week after I was having a meeting in South Africa. So the meeting in South Africa, we hosted it on our own. So obviously it cost quite a bit. And so when we're coming back, uh, the team from Chingola, the ones who invited me, asked, like they sent me a letter, they invited us. And I asked them, because when you're invited, usually they will secure your lodging, they will secure your transport. And for me, I don't like, how can I put it? And life has to be straightforward. Like you tell me what's in place so that I know what to do. Not I come and I get shocked. You know? <laughs> so I asked them what they had put in place. So they told me they had put in place uh, money for a bus and also they had put in place lodging and they'll take care of the food. And I was okay with that. However, I was tired from coming from South Africa. So I decided saying I would fly instead. So I told them, the money you have for the bus, why don't you maybe secure a cab or something from Ndola Airport to Chingola? Then I'll fly to Ndola and back at our own expense as a ministry, which we didn't mind really. So we put that in place. And then just before I traveled, um, something happened to my bank account, the main one I was using. I was, uh, I think I was over-debited or something like that. And so my account was now in the negatives as I was waiting for them to resolve it. And that's one of the worst things to do, to go to a different area and you've not gone with money. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of the worst things to do, right? Like you don't go to a different area without money. Nevertheless, I traveled, went to preach, and um, in most setups, when a guest is invited, the team will either prepare an honorarium, which is an amount of money which they use to honor the person who's invited. It's one of the reasons some pastors are never like at their church. <laughs> no, sometimes people just... And which is why a church should take care of the pastor well. Now, I want you to think about this. Imagine here's a pastor doing the work of God very well. And some of you are watching me are from other churches. You find here's a pastor doing the work of God very well, and they're doing their best, right? And then the church is not taking care of the pastor. They keep quoting that Paul was a tent maker, right? The same Paul. <laughs> I don't know why people like reading one verse and then they don't read the other one. So anyways, they keep quoting that Paul was a tent maker. And then uh, they want the pastor to cancel them, his phone to be available 24-7, and for him to visit all their homes and do everything 24-7. Well, at the same time, go somewhere else from 8 to 17. At the same time, do A, B, C, D. And then let's say things is rough. Things are rough. And the pastor has a pressure. And he's been invited elsewhere and he's supposed to preach at his church. Where do you think he'll go? So sometimes people put pastors in that situation. Nevertheless, um, so the last day, so we're done with the meeting. I now have a Sunday service. At, by then, we used to meet like at 13, 14. So my flight was like from 11. So I was going to fly back and then preach. The, the life you want. 
Then <laughs> So one of the days I'm in ShopRite. ShopRite was like the best restaurant. So I'm like in ShopRite. <laughs> and as I was in ShopRite, I'm like, Ish. today, because you know the lodge was so the lodge had the same meal every day. Nothing else was available. Every day it was chicken. 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 Yeah. I don't know why, but every day it was chicken. And then I'm an, I'm in ShopRite and I was admiring the buffet. You know, you know ShopRite has buffets. Yeah. When I come at end, I was like, no. I was admiring the all you can eat buffet. And then this person looks at me like, oh, <laughs> it's you. I'm like, it's me. <laughs> so like, and then they start shedding tears. They start shedding tears because they looked. It, no, it wasn't that. There's that look I get for it's you, like it's a fan. No, it wasn't a fan. They were looking at me like I'm their baby. No, I'm serious. Like it's you. And then, before I knew it, that sip take a two zale in my hands. I didn't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> then I later on find out it was Pastor Daniel's older sister. We had never met. She had just been seeing me on photos. So she was seeing me like, oh, like my young brother's friend. I was like, I don't mind. I can be <laughs> now. <laughs> hold on, I'm still going on. So I'm still having that challenge with my account, right? And then we're on our way back on Sunday, and I'm thinking, what am I gonna do? So as we are starting off, the the pastor to told me he wanted to have a word with me. There was something that happened to the transportation they were supposed to use. So the honorarium they prepared, they had a car. Instead, I said, I, that's okay with me because I really don't go anywhere to preach because of money or anything like that. But the money was needed. <laughs> but I really didn't care. So I said, that's okay with me. I reached the airport and then one of the people who's like, you know those people who are checking you in? Goes like, oh my God. And then quickly goes to get an envelope. Said, oh, God had told me like, since you are coming, God had told me you are coming here and that I should prepare this for you. <laughs> Like I'm telling you. <laughs> I wanted to say, no, in case you thought you've never heard God in your life, listen, you are anointed. <laughs> Next thing I know, she had told everyone uh, what God had told her. Before I knew it, I'm in the office of like the director of the airport, getting VIP treatment, making like a four. <laughs> <laughs> what was the experience there? It was providence. I'll get the scripture shortly. Let me give you an example. I've told you this one before. Um, another time, I'm in Kenya, and that's the day I realized that people can protest. You know, the day I arrived in Kenya on a Monday, I was set to leave the other Monday, the first time I went to Kenya. I didn't know people can protest until I went to Kenya. So we fly from uh, Nairobi to Kisimo Airport. And from there, we're driving to Kakamega. Now, in Kisimu, that was the stronghold for the opposition leader, and it was election period. So as we're driving, I'm just seeing rocks, not stones, rocks on the road, guys. Like rocks, like rocks. Rocks, not stones, rocks on the road. And I'm like, you guys put rocks on your road. No, 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 there was just a protest. I'm like, what? Like, no, there's a protest every Monday and Friday. I'm like, okay. So we reach... Amazing stuff happens. Then now we're on our way back. This is Monday, going back. As we're on our way back, I'm watching like 
the news. And, um, and I was well abraced because the house where I was in, the, the people who were like hosting me were politicians. So I, I knew what was going on. They were always watching the news. We even had guards. It was quite interesting. So we're watching. And then I'm seeing like their protests. Then I check. It's where we're going. So I asked the pastor who invited me, like, ah, what's the plan? I'm thinking maybe like he's hired like some secret service of some sort to like, you know. And he's like, no, we'll go by the grace of God. I said, <laughs> if there was ever a day I didn't want to hear about the grace of God. <laughs> like, by the grace of God. No, by the grace of God, we'll go through. I'm like, what? And I texted the team this side. I'm like, guys, start speaking in tongues. I need, what did I need there? Providence. And we start driving. And here was a funny part. We start driving and I see like a police vehicle driving away. And the windows are broken. So we are driving to where they were driving out. And then somebody said, Providence. All of a sudden it began to rain. Heavily. So when it began to rain, the protesters went to the side of the road. We passed. We reached the airport. It stops raining. <laughs> no flight was cancelled. What did we experience there? Providence. There's going to be a lot of miracles of providence. So now, let's look at the New Testament. The very first thing we see about the presence of Jesus was the presence of providence. That's the very first thing we see. The presence of Jesus was the presence of providence. Let's do a bit of history. So now, Jesus was born to Joseph and Mary, right? Now, if you remember, Jesus was born in a manger. Now, to be fair, Joseph and Mary were able to afford an inn, but they ended up in the manger. Others say Joseph didn't call to make reservations. <laughs> I saw someone that no. Apparently Mary was asking Joseph, didn't you call to make the reservations? And Joseph's like, no, I thought I could. I thought I could. And then someone wrote, that's how Silent Night began. <laughs> because there's no other explanation. The night wasn't very silent. Right? I mean, the shepherds. <laughs> shepherds kept making noise. Mary and Joseph could afford the inn. However, Mary and Joseph, I would like to suggest that they didn't have that much money. And I can prove that they didn't have that much money. Can we prove it? Leviticus. You're wondering how we're proving it from Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 12. Verse 6 to 8. I want you to see, this is a scripture about child dedication. When the days of her purification are fulfilled, whether for a son or a daughter, she shall bring to the priest a lamb of the first year as a burnt offering, and a young pigeon or a turtle dove as a sin offering, to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then he shall offer it before the Lord and make atonement for her, and she shall be clean from the flow of her blood, 
this is a law for her who has born a male or a female. Verse 8. And if she is not able to bring a lamb, she may bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons, one as a burnt offering and the other as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for her and she, should, she will be clean. In short, what this verse is saying is if the economy maybe may not permit for her to bring a lamb, then she can bring two turtle doves and two young pigeons. Luke chapter 2, verse 22. Now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Why? Because they were still in the Old Testament. What happened? As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Next verse. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. Meaning she couldn't afford a lamb. Praise God. Let's just say that one again. So in Leviticus, they are told, if you are bringing your firstborn, bring a lamb. However, if you can't manage, then bring um, two turtle doves. And so what happens? When Jesus is born, Mary and Joseph didn't take a lamb. They took two turtle doves. That shows you that financially, they were not there. They could have been okay, but they were not at a certain place financially. Let's continue. So Jesus is born, right? And then something interesting happens. When Jesus was born, uh, they were in the manger, right? For some time. Maybe a day, maybe two, we're not sure. But probably less than a week, right? Because they brought him for dedication according to the law of Moses, which should have been at about eight days. So, they were not... People, Jesus didn't grow up in a manger, guys. The shepherds came to the manger, according to the scriptures. But then, and I think I showed you this part before, the wise men did not come to the manger. The wise men came to their home. And the wise men did not come when Jesus was one day. Jesus could have been three months, he could have been nine months, he could have been ten months. All we know is that he was below two, he was somewhere two years and below. Let's look at the verse. Matthew 2, verse 2, verse 1. Now we just need to be clear here that the wise men, who for starters, we are not told that they were three. We are told they brought three gifts. There's a difference. Okay, let's continue. I hope I'm not messing with your Christmas theology. Let's go. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. It's believed the east here is somewhere Persia, not eastern province. <laughs> and then they came, and when they came, these people were so important. Do you know that to get audience with the king is not a small deal? So they came and they said, where is he 
who has been born king of the Jews. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Meaning they didn't come like in a small way for the whole Jerusalem to notice that they've come. Let's continue. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Uh-huh. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly caught the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. So he asked them, when did you first see it? Because the day you saw it is probably the day he was born. Let's continue. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. Meaning as at the time they saw it and the time they reached, this person was now going to be a child, not a baby. Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Let's continue. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Let's continue. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, okay, when they came into the stable, the manger, no, when they, come in, when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, let's just, let me read something interestingly. There's a man named Peter J. Daniels. He's a Christian billionaire. So it's like he likes having money. May that be your story in Jesus' name. Now, what he did, he commissioned a team of historians to research on those three wise men who we can call the three, the Magi, right? M-A-G-I. And he commissioned them to research on the Magi and the gifts which they brought to Jesus when he was born. They actually wrote a book. I think it's called something like, I, I just didn't remember the name, but it's something like the rich Messiah or something like that, the wealthy Messiah. So he commissioned the Magi. This was their conclusion. Number one, their conclusion was that the wise men who came were probably about 300. Because that's how they used to move. Their conclusion also went on to say that the 300 never used to move alone. They moved with an army. Which is why the king and Jerusalem were troubled. Because like, imagine you're here in your kingdom chilling. Guys, if it's just like three ordinary people who just come and say, hi Herod, where is the guy who's been born king? You just say, Kill, kill this one. But it's like, here is an entourage of people. An entourage of people with an army. And then they are passing through Jerusalem. And they're like, hey, Herod, where's the guy who's been born king? And Herod is like, oh my, what, oh, oh, like what? Like what is going on here? And then, 
Hold on. So when they did their research, they researched on what kind of gifts these people would give to a king. Because you, you must realize it wasn't a baby shower for them. They were not sitting thinking we're going for a baby shower. And then on your way, you pass through China more. You just get some thing that looks pink. You know, you never planned for that baby shower. <laughs> I remember when I was younger, I was invited for a birthday party. And I was the guest of honor somehow. No, no, no. no. What is it called again? Why you're on the high table and you're next to the honor of the birthday? That was, the high, that was guest of honor when you're young. Because it meant you eat food first. Now, because I was quite popular in my Sunday school, when those people's birthdays, they all somehow thought I was their best friend, and I played along. <laughs> At benefits. So I remember one guy, it was his birthday. I never planned, I forgot about it, but I remember I was on the high table. I just passed to the market, bought a tennis ball <laughs> for like two quarters. I went, presented it, sat on the high table, ate food first. Life goes on. <laughs> my point is, ladies and gentlemen, these guys were not going for a baby shower. They were not going to honor a baby. As far as they were concerned, they were going to honor a king. So in going to honor a king, they carried gifts worth a king. So what, what these historians did is that they researched what kind of gifts this would be. And here was their conclusion. Their conclusion was that they came bearing gifts with a wealth of probably over $4 million in today's standards. And the conclusion said that Persian documents showed that the gift was escorted by an army. Verse 2, verse 11. Give me Amplified Pass. I want you guys to see something. Let's just rethink our theology like each one came in a kopasani konika gold. No, no, I want, I want you to see this. Verse 11. Verse 11 says, After entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then after opening their treasure chests, there it is. It doesn't say, <laughs> after opening their treasure chests, so it wasn't like nakupasa koka gold ine nakupasa koka me ani lava koka frankincense no they opened treasure chests because it was forbidden to go before a king empty handed you had to give the king the best of your gifts now having said that let me now get you thinking how many of you have uh, traveled to another province before. Okay, think of any... Let's think of Lusaka. For now. I want you to imagine you're advising a person who is not from Lusaka. Let's say they are from Monze. And this person... Are you guys following? This person does not have a job in Lusaka. They have no relative in Osaka. They don't have lodging in Osaka. They don't have food in Osaka. And they don't have a car in Osaka. And then I'm told Osaka they are like penalty fees, apparently. Just stepping out of the house. You have to pay a fee. Is it true? No, I was shocked. I went to an, I, when I went to Kasama, I was surprised. 
Like I spent a few days and I realized I hadn't spent any money. I'm like, Shh, what's going on? What's the situation? Upon arrival, Munusaka Chabe, we just, just from the airport, as we were driving, bah, we saw KFC already. <laughs> the penalty fee began. <laughs> now, I want you to imagine that kind of person, right? And then they are going to be in Lusaka for 30 days. From my analysis, if someone wants to live a bit comfortable, just slightly comfortable in Lusaka, either a lodge or an apartment, they have to prepare at least one pin or one five per night. If they're going to be comfortable, slight, just slightly comfortable. Now, already by 30 days, <laughs> to 30K, here's my next question for you. Now, I, that, no, I just think at least to be a bit comfortable, you need 30,000 for lodging. That's what I think. I think you need 1,000 per day for lodging. But if maybe the lodge is not so, like you said, 500 kwacha, that's literally 15,000 on lodging. Ah, 200 you away. <laughs> now, on the other hand, imagine you are told, go to another country. And live there until I tell you to come back. How much will you need? Ladies and gentlemen, how come when the angels came and told Joseph in a dream, go to Egypt and people will tell you, he didn't argue. Where do you think the providence came from? There are gifts that had already come in. Imagine going to live in another country for about two years. Where do you think the providence to be in another country and come back and settle came from? And when they came back, they even went to another town because they went to Galilee. Where do you think that came from? There was providence just by Jesus being born. Some of you listening to me, listen, some of you listening to me, you find maybe your parents, maybe currently they're your major source of income. For your income to increase, your parents' income has to increase. Some of your parents may not even be as prayerful, right? But there are fees to be paid. Listen, by virtue of you being in that house, I decree and I declare providence, providence in Jesus' name. Praise God. You need to, you need to call them and encourage and say, no, pastor said you have providence. So when, when the Kamani hits, just call me. Don't even use it for yourself only. <laughs> Tell them, when the Kamani hits, because it's hitting. I don't know if somebody's hearing me. Say providence. providence. Yeah. So now let me just read a few verses. Ooh. You know, I had a lot of verses to read. But I'll just read one. Luke 22 verse 35. Now, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he asked the question. He said to them, when I sent you without money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said, nothing. What did they experience? Providence. Jesus had the audacity one day to say, don't worry about what you eat, don't worry about what you wear. Let's read that one as the last one. Matthew 6. Look at verse 20. He had the audacity to say certain things. Look at, let's read from verse 25 to 33. 
Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you eat, what you drink, nor about your body, what you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Uh -huh. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Uh -huh. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? In short, which of you grows taller when you worry? No, how come you're looking taller today? No, I was just worrying. <laughs> just worrying, so. Now, anyways, what he's really trying to say here is worry never leads to growth. As a matter of fact, there's a series that we'll be teaching starting next week. Uh, I'm saying we because I'll not be the only one teaching. Pastor Cho will teach as well. <laughs> she will actually start it. She will start it next week. So let's continue. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So worry doesn't lead to growth. Right? Then it goes on to say, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Hold on there. It says they neither toil nor spin. No. For me, I was not born to, I was not born to toil. I was not born to hustle. I work hard. There's a difference. I'm not like trying to like fight. No, 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 no. For me, it works. It works. It works. It works. Come on, say it. I'm not a toiler. The toil was part of the curse. Say, I'm not under the curse. And yet, I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Let's go on. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So God wants you to look good. <laughs> he said, <laughs> no, notice Jesus literally goes like, if God clothes the grass of the field, will he not give you those heels you want? And you know, God is interested in clothing. Do you remember the first time Adam and Eve tried to clothe themselves? God was like, these guys. And he did the first ever fashion designing. He, he, he made them clothes from animal skins. Now, let's continue. Verse 31. Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? This is the important part. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek, but notice this. Your father, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. So God knows that you need that food. God knows that you need to wear. God knows that you need to be on point. Like a decimal. Okay. God knows that you need those school fees. God knows that you need to pay those rentals. God knows that you need to clear that car. God knows you need to give that offering. He knows you need to be, you need to hammer that partnership. He knows you need to build that house. God knows you need those things. That's a very important line. Because, you know, it's one thing to say, 
Don't worry about what you eat, what you wear. Those, that stuff is not as important as your body. But then Jesus goes on to say he knows you need it. So he knows that while you're on earth, it's easier if you're driving than if you're walking. He knows that. He knows that it's easier when you're flying than when you're driving. He knows. He knows that when you're traveling for those matters, if it were up to you, you'd rather be in the two-pin place than the economical 300 kwacha one. He knows. God knows that you need these things. The atmosphere in this place then what does he say? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Now let's do some biblical mathematics here. What are the, these things which are being added to you? It's the things which... Verse 31. What are the, these things? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? It's, it's, it's actually the material things. <laughs> It's, let's be honest. Like, you know, sometimes we try to add a lot of spirit, spiritual context to something. No, you know, the blessing sometimes, you know, prosperity is not just in being able to afford this. Prosperity can also be good health. Or it can be both. I don't know if you're hearing me. Abraham was rich in livestock, in cattle, and then he was also full of life. It can actually be both. Don't always try to have spiritual interpretations. No, for our sakes, it became poor so that we can be rich. The richness is spiritual. No! Jesus didn't become spiritually poor. Ladies and gentlemen, he says, seek first the kingdom and all these things shall be added to you. Now in the name of Jesus, I bless you with providence. May it be said of you as it was said of Job that have you not set a hedge on him on his household and on all that he possesses. I bless you with providence. Needs are being met. We have testimonies. I'm seeing people shedding tears of joy. Tears of mourning are changing into tears of joy. Those school fees are met. Those rentals are met. Those mortgages are met. Those balances you need to pay are met. Those things you need to order, you have the money for them. There is such providence. There is such providence. And you stop losing things. Your things don't, they, they don't have accidents. The same way cows stopped miscarrying in the time of the Israelites, your projects don't miscarry. Anything that you said to do works. I bless you with providence. You have providence. You have providence. You have providence. I bless you. I bless your household. I bless your business. I bless your career. I bless all that concerns you. Konana nakatiate teke nimeka sompra katiata. There's like. I can say the spirit of providence. Some of you will feel something, you experience something. In Jesus' name, I release. I release upon you. In Jesus' name. 
the lord answers you by people i want you to say amen the lord answers you by people the lord answers you by angels the lord answers you supernaturally the lord answers you by ideas the the lord answers you by unanticipated provisions the lord answers you by inheritance the lord answers you by jobs the lord answers you by promotions the lord answers you by repayment of what is due to you the lord answers you by expansion of your businesses he answers you by expansion of capital he answers you by expansion of customers in jesus name i release that upon you he answers you by your guardians being promoted by your parents being lifted he answers you by divine helpers in jesus name amen Oh wow, what a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on the City of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com. Or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.